Welcome, everybody. It's episode 84, the 84th consecutive episode of Throwdown Thursday. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. Uh, Some folks do. Not everybody, but some folks do. Uh, I am joined, as usual, by uh, the uh, agent who is staring daggers at me, because that's what she does. She is the... uh, I don't know what's the what's the thing. She's ironborn. She does stuff. She's Agent Nicole. Stop, Agent Nicole, giving Patsy the angry nerd some serious side eye right now. She's giving me the ironborn eye roll. I think that's what we can call it. And uh, as you just heard, also joining us as as ever is uh, the third co-host in this wacky triumvirate. And that would be the mistress of Marlowe, Ashes Von Nightmare. I just sniffed Agent Nicole Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Become a patron and uh, get, get that video. Now we need to start a Patreon. Okay, one thing at a time, dude. Listen, one I don't thing at hear the it. fucking time. Uh, Can we, we talk about seltzer for two seconds? Uh, I have to finish introducing people. I just well, want to talk way. about seltzer for two oh, seconds. Oh, my God. The, the Brian Seltzer Orchestra? Yes. Right, go ahead. It's delicious. It is delicious. Oh, I didn't think I was going to like it. And, and to begin with, I didn't. But it grew on me. It's one of those. So I've, I've kind of sort of given up soda. Me too. And high yeah, high five. five. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, you know, seltzer is probably a really good replacement for that. So it was a little it's hard. different at first, but I like it. And, and one of the things that I love about seltzer is the way that it smells. Oh, yeah. It so good. <laughs> well, that's what you kind of got me into it because you were drinking seltzer and it was yeah. um, the blood orange sangria seltzer. Yeah. And I was like, what are you drinking? And you're like, oh, it's seltzer. And I was like, can I smell it? And it smelled so good. So now anytime Agent Nicole has seltzer, I ask her if I can smell her you seltzer. You just smell it. You don't have to ask. This has gotten... Way off track, <laughs> way quickly. Well, we are also hosts, so we could go off track too. I mean, you do it all the time. Yeah, but it's cute when I do it. <laughs> so, also joining us again. If you didn't look up Cal Ripken last week, you should do it this week to understand why uh, Wolfie is the Cal Ripken of podcasting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein, and uh, the Cal Ripken of podcasting also forgets to turn his mic on sometimes. So <laughs> that's all right. But uh, yes, yeah, hey, fine. hey, how, how's it going, everyone? It's great. Where are we doing all right? Talk we're... about some more uh, happy things this week. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happier things. Sitting here eating our, our vegan yeah. jerky, talking I, about people. I brought drinks. I brought some beets for everyone. So nice. <laughs> hey, you know what they say? Good nutrition can't be beat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are on a fucking And that was today's really episode, boys that. and girls. <laughs> All right. Mute him. Mute him. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a very special guest. He is uh, a, a guy who does things. He uh, is a singist, and he has been housebound for about a month because he lives in upstate New York and drives a Mustang. 
because he plans well for the future and has good ideas. Uh, and also, you can tell that because he decided to be on the show with us. Uh, he is the uh, only person... He is essentially a scarecrow made up of Elio's Pizza and Mountain Dew. <laughs> he is uh, our good buddy, Nick Ferrarararar. Hi, Nick. Oh, hey. What's up, guys? <laughs> is it bad that you told me the story about Nick and his like love for Elio's Pizza and Mountain Dew, that any time that I go to the frozen pizza aisle, I do see Elio's, and I think of you, Nick, even though we don't really... We've only met a few times, but I, every time I see the pizza, I think of you. Well, that's fantastic. Elio's Pizza. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Uh well, I have uh, uh, expanded my horizons, and I also eat uh, dino nuggets now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll eat any food shaped like an animal. <laughs> I like them because they're made from dinosaur. Pretty much. So Nick is joining <clears throat> us today for the first time. Nick has left us, uh, you know, arguably one of the funniest voicemails we ever had uh, in the past. Asking Ash's uh, <laughs> questions. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the entire uh, uh, repertoire, not the not the, the entire back catalog of our uh, of our shows. There's only, counting this one, 84 of them. So, Nick, you are here today to talk about a very lovely character that we all love because he's lovely. But before we do that, uh, as you know, Nick, when you're a first-time guest, you uh, you have to face down the gauntlet of that we call getting into character, where we ask you five random questions to get to know you a little bit and get the audience to know a little bit about you. So, Nick, my question for you is, do you think you are ready for these questions? I don't think I'm ready for this jelly. <laughs> I was so just going to say that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, not again. It's a freaking Destiny's Child reference. It's a Bootylicious reference. Oh. There you go. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you... I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, Nick, but uh, if you look up Bootylicious in the dictionary, you get a picture of Johnny Wolfenstein. Oh. <laughs> I think it depends on which edition. Yes. <laughs> not all of them. Uh, if you look in the Urban Dictionary, that's where yeah, you exactly. find Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only one. So, I hear background noise in the background, Nick. Uh, I don't think you're alone there. Uh, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> My- Michael Scarn is joining him. Oh, Michael yeah. Scarn. <laughs> so... Here are some questions that I have for you to, you know, help the folks get to know you. Because one of the things you t- you do is you have a YouTube channel where you uh, yell into a microphone, uh, <laughs> and there's music accompanying you. Uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about that real quick before we get into this first question? Because this first question kind of uh, revolves around that. Uh, so basically, I just have my recording set up at my house, and I holler some lyrics into a microphone, record them, and then I record myself hollering them again and post them on the internet. 
<laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and uh, does your YouTube channel have a name O? Uh, it does. It is NJ Farah Covers. And it's not Farah like Farah Fawcett, uh, which would no, be it's... your plumbing company. <laughs> um, it's uh, spelt like far ra 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 as you so eloquently, eloquently put. Yes. So my question for you is uh, which song are you least likely to cover on your uh, YouTube channel? My Heart Will Go On, the theme from Titanic, or I Will Always Love You, the theme from The Bodyguard? Um, like, you have to do, have to say, say you have to do one of them. What's the one you do? The one that I would do would obviously be the Titanic song. All right. I could I see that. One. I could nail that song. I could definitely do it. Would you, <laughs> would you draw Patrick like one of your French girls? Oh of course. And would then we would you? make our way to the car. That's right. <laughs> what are you doing? Just cleaning off his condensation from the rear view mirror. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, this is going to be a very tough question for you. All now, right. If you had to give one of these up, what would it be? You have to give up either Elio's Pizza or Mountain Dew. Oh. Forever. Forever. I don't think I could ever give up Mountain Dew, so the pizza would have to go. I could substitute that. With uh, dinosaur uh, nuggets. <laughs> dinosaur nuggets, probably. But, I mean, Red Baron pizzas are pretty close second, so. All right. That's, that's fair. <laughs> Celeste pizza for none. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite snack cake? Because I know you like your snack cakes. What's your favorite? My favorite snack cake, so like Little Debbie snacks, yeah. is what we were talking about. Uh, pro- I'd probably have to say Honey Buns. I enjoy me some Honey Buns. <laughs> That's, That's uh, also Nick's nickname? Yes. Um, <laughs> um, is that what they call you on Tinder? No, on Tinder uh, he's Cotton Balls. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Grinder. Oh, That's your Grinder name. Yes, Grinder. Right, Grinder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, uh, if you had the option to be a character in a TV show, which TV show would you like to be on? Ooh. And like any show that's been Any show on ever. A, any show ever. Ooh. <laughs> the tough one. Um, I probably would have to say The Office. I just watch that show all the time. That's fair. And I love it. All right, now this last question is going to be tough, and you can uh, consult your grinder profile if you'd like. What would your drag name be? My drag name? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you have no idea? Just look at your username on Grindr. That would probably be it. Uh... Nikki Dicks. <laughs> with an X, right? With an with Dicks three with an X's. X. <laughs> yes. It would have to be three X's. I'm hardcore. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. That might be our fucking episode title. All right. <laughs> Nikki Dicks. I'm writing that down. Three X's. <laughs> 
The third X is for extreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, thank you for uh, submitting yourself to that, and that was a, a, a really good answer. I, contrary to popular belief, um, you know, folks at home who are listening who have been on the show know that there is no prep time for these questions. You just get <laughs> asked the question, and you have to answer it. Like, there's no prior knowledge of what we're going to ask. So, uh, I want to thank Nick for his uh, his uh, thinking off the top of his head and his uh, frank and honest. Uh, uh, description of his drag name. So, I think what we're gonna do, because um, we are we are gonna talk. What you have something to say? Well, I was just gonna say, um, the most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race just started. So I'm just letting you know in case you're interested in trying out. You should Ooh. do that, Nikki Dix. Send in a video. Yeah. Well, his uh, his signature move is the. Uh, it's, it's actually what stuntmen do when they leap out of cars. It's the tuck and roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Sashay, you stay, Nikki Dix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, he may not work at Subway, but he'll serve you a foot long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I think with uh, that being said, I think we're going to go ahead. We're going to um, take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to discuss the top salesman at Thunder Mifflin Scranton, Mr. Dwight K. Schrute. And uh, we're going to talk about some Bears, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica when we come back. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the Kid. You know, a town without Best Darn Diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast? Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly, and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring Baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> And we're back. I hope you didn't miss us too much. Nick, did you miss me when I was gone? I sure did. I could tell, but... So, you two uh, get a room. What do you have crammed in your gullet right now? A delicious beet. <laughs> False. Beets are gross. 
<laughs> I will agree with that. I think my problem with Beats is when I was about five, we were at my grandparents' house in uh, Virginia, and it was Christmas, and everybody were getting ready for Christmas dinner, and I saw a big plate of what I thought was cranberry sauce, <laughs> so I just like took a huge spoonful and took a bite, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? I didn't say what the fuck because I was five, but uh, the five-year-old equivalent to that. And they're like, what? Don't you like beets? I'm like, I thought this was cranberry. You know, so I think it makes it worse. You know, like when you go to drink something and you think you're drinking, like, yeah. ooh, look, there's some soda. And you go to take a swig and it's coffee. Like, <laughs> or my own personal experience, ooh, orange juice. And it's not orange juice. It's eggs. <laughs> I have also a beet story, too. Do you have? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I don't know what you guys have against the beats. Killer Tofu is iconic. I only I only like do, Beats do by it? Dre. Yes, I, that's a Doug funny I, reference. Well, actually, that's funny because mine is actually Well, actually, are to... you mansplaining to me? Yeah, oh, I am. God. <laughs> but it ties into that is when I, I was obsessed with Doug as a kid. And so when the beets were um, a big thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get some beets. So my dad bought me beets. And that was the only time my dad would actually buy me any vegetables because after that I was so upset. I was like, I'm not going to eat these. He made me sit at the kitchen table and made me eat all the beets because he paid for that. Beets by Dre? Yes. (laughs) Beets by Dre. Yeah, so I do not like beets either. What is that song? We got the beets. We got the the beets. We got the the beets. Yeah. We got the beats. That's Dwight's theme song. It's all about Dwight, right? Yes. Yeah, Ashes was giving me a look, so I turned her mic off. Don't be a dick. <laughs> so, once again, Agent Nicole is just catching up to uh, 2006 and getting on board the office train. So, Agent Nicole, you are just encountering Dwight Fart Schrute, and uh, what do you think so far? I love him. Like, I think he's, him and a few other characters, like, I think he's, like, my absolute favorite character on the show, right after Jim and Michael Scott. And Creed. No, I fucking hate Creed. (laughs) Creed is amazing. (laughs) I mean, it, it took me a while to get used to Creed, but I... Dwight is just just like the best. I, I I feel bad for finally getting to it. Like it was such a huge thing when I was in college. Like I had a ro- not a roommate, but like a floor mate who was extremely into the office. Like I would walk into her like dorm room, and it's like it's like the office basically. Like she had like all the pictures, all the m- magazine covers. Did she have Mega Desk? I. <laughs> I don't think it got to Mega Desk. You yet. haven't gotten to Mega Desk. Yet? I just got a. I just finished season five. Did she move all of your stuff into the bathroom? I did get to that. That's like in the <laughs> beginning. But yeah, I I love The Office. I'm like I kick myself for not getting into it earlier because I do love John Krasinski. But it, do <laughs> who I, doesn't? Who, Come yeah, on, no, who doesn't? I sure do. I love. John he was Krasinski. almost Captain America. Hey, I mean. He has a very fit body now. But anyways, that's beside the point. I love Dwight and I love The Office. So it's funny because Ashes and I tried watching the show and we couldn't get into it. Then uh, 
Nick was squatting in our house. Like he was there when we moved in. And so we had to kind of like live our lives around him while Squatter's he was there. Rights. And he uh he would watch the show and I was I wasn't really into it, but he would like he was watching it like a later season and it was it was some prank that Jim was doing to Dwight and I was like this is amazing. So we started watching the show again and we really got into it. So it's only fitting that we have Nick on to talk about the show because he's the one who really got uh, Ashes and I back into uh, into this um, into this uh, this this program. And as a side note, the only reason Nick left is because we properly deciphered all of his riddles, so <laughs> we broke the spell. And he had to go. He had to go live in a Mustang. Yes. I'm very glad I got you guys back into that. It's, it's, it's kind of depressing every time I get through the series on Netflix and then I go to look for something else, but then I just restart it and life is good again. See, I didn't like the last season because, I mean, once Michael left, like... Well, that's not... I, I, I have different... How dare you opinion, spoil opinions. that for me? <clears throat> yeah, first of all, fuck you for spoiling that for her. Um, <laughs> I kind of knew he left anyway. Right, yeah. It's, it's, he leaves because he's pregnant. Um... No, I didn't think it was completely horrible after Michael left. Um, I definitely think that the last episode of the series definitely has some merit Ugh. to it. So, I know if you don't cry during that last episode, you're heartless. It's it's a very I, I really enjoy the way that they just kind of wrapped everyone's and stories. And you guys could talk up. about it because I, I think it's the next to last episode that gets me the most. The uh, wedding. That's the one that that gets me, but yeah. So, Nick, you've uh, you've been watching the show longer than all of us. So, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of background uh, to how you were introduced to the show and what kind of like got you interested in the character of Dwight? Um, so pretty much, I got into it like once it was on Netflix I had never really watched it before and was just like looking for other things to watch as I would cycle through the you know the usuals like Family Guy and Bob's Burgers and stuff and then stumbled upon that and I just fell in love with uh, you know the characters and just how amazingly awkward the show is is like watching through that first season it's just like kind of painful to sit there and watch it this is Michael Scott is just so <laughs> he can't even put words to it, but he, um, you know, and seeing the way that you know Dwight would in- interact with him, it just was hilarious. And you know, I would see references to the show all over the place. Even like uh, you know, one of the bands I listened to, uh, Devil Wears Prada, they have a song called "Assistant to the Regional Manager." So with all those references around, I figured I'd give it a shot, and just you know, fell fell in love with it. And clearly, it's <laughs> as you guys know, it's very very good. Oh yeah, um, I think the the thing that really makes the show is the dynamic of how Dwight interacts with all his coworkers. Oh yeah, um, and not just not just Jim and Pam, but like everyone. Like Dwight is the kid in school who would be like, "Aren't we supposed to have a test today? Like <laughs> you forgot to collect the homework." Okay, he's, a, can, he's a rule follower. The like, thing is, I feel like the more that I watch this show, I feel like this was me as a kid because I'd be like, are we supposed to do this? And are we supposed to? Like, I was fucking Dwight as a kid. 
which is sad. How often did people put your uh, belongings in Jello or a vending machine? Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're only doing this because you're friends with a vending guy. Oh, Steve? <laughs> like, that, that's really, to me, what makes the show is, you know, Dwight and his interactions with everyone. Like, the Jim and Pam story is nice. You know, Steve Carell as Michael Scott is fantastic. We'll have to do a Michael well, I mean, Scott episode, too. Dwight Schrute is the only character to appear in every single episode. So I really... You, you think that initially, anyway, is that The Office is the Michael Scott story. But really, it ultimately... And it's, it's the Dwight Schrute story. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the show is about him. 100%. They all, almost gave him the uh, the spinoff when that ended. They were going to do the show, um, I think they were going to call it The Farm, and it was going to be about him and his cousin Moe's when they take over the, uh, he inherits the farm. Yeah. There at the end, they were going to follow him through all that. Oh, and then they could have done another spinoff and done Young Dwight with Jake Lloyd from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, it's... It's a, a a really a really well written show, and like there's a lot of parallels that you know I know Ashes and I keep making to Parks and Recreation because Not it's a great one written and created by the same people, right? So it's it's a very similar show, and it's a very similar style. Like it's a nine year documentary, you know, give or take, um, with a lot of really well known uh, actors coming in um so the thing with Dwight is no matter what he does he's very set in his ways no matter what he does he always thinks he's right the ends justify the means no matter what he does it doesn't matter if he is harming someone else or you know or if he's uh you know stealing sales from Jim you know because we see that that one episode where uh, Jim's all excited because the customer he's trying to talk to is 25% of his commission. And by the time he finally gets to talk to him, it turns out Dwight had already closed the sale. And that was the episode where Pam falls asleep on Jim's shoulder. And he's like, all in all, not a bad day. It's like, you just lost a quarter of your commission. <laughs> <laughs> like that girl's your engaged. commission for the entire year. Yeah, that's what he said is a quarter of his commission for the entire year that's probably like a ten thousand dollar sale <laughs> not a bad day this engaged chick fell asleep on my shoulder <laughs> awesome i also gave dwight my champagne <laughs> you look like you have something to say well i'm just i'm just wondering where you're going with everything so i'm just it's just to an example of who who dwight is like as long yeah, but as see, it here's benefits the thing. him. No, but that's not always the case. It's mostly the case until later on in the series. It's because he's following the rules. And the reason, if Jim had been at his desk, he would have closed the sale. It's not always about following the rules. It's about what's beneficial to him. Sleeping with Angela while she's engaged or while she's married, that's not following the rules. That's... I'm doing what I want because this benefits me. True or false? False. Black bear. <laughs> but, you know, um, he is also the, he's the source of 
a lot of problems in the office, but also a lot of solutions. Um, well, I mean, right off the bat, he calls himself the assistant regional manager when, in fact, he is the assistant to the regional manager. There's a difference there. There is. Uh, but he has business cards printed up either way, just in case. Um, Preparedness. Yeah, and that's a good hallmark of a good regional manager. And he loves Dunder Mifflin. He loves the paper company where he works. He will do anything at any time if he thinks it will motivate people. Like he buys the building at one point. Buys the building and starts giving, you know, deplying the toilet paper. <laughs> like he hires a guy to separate the toilet paper plies. Like it's insane. Um. He controls the thermostat. He controls uh, because he believes things. He's very misogynistic. Like when they're doing the exercise uh, to because Michael gets in trouble for using repeated racial epithets uh, and basically repeating a Chris Rock routine. Um, yeah, oh yeah, that episode. And everyone has a uh, like a name tag on their forehead, and the other person has to say, "Okay, you know, this is a stereotype about you. Who are you?" Oh yeah, and, and Pam. Pam comes up to him. And it's like this is just a st- if we're just going by stereotypes. You're a bad driver. You're a bad driver, and he's like, "Oh God, am I a woman?" <laughs> <laughs> like he's very misogynistic, and um, but I don't think he does it intentionally. Like, the way he was raised is like, oh, I didn't see my father for six years. Well, like, he's Amish. Yeah. Like, he has an Amish upbringing. So yeah. that's that's not him being a jerk. That's just right, that's how what I'm he saying. was like, raised. It's not intentional. Like, he just, he doesn't know anything different. Like, initially you think that, wow, this Dwight guy is kind of an asshole. But as the series progresses, you, you see that, oh... You know, his heart's in the right place. Sometimes the execution is off, but he definitely has, like, his his heart's in the right place. I think Dwight... Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree with yeah. you, Nick. I was going to say Dwight uh, experiences the most complete character arc and character evolution of any of the characters on the show. Like, nobody else goes from, you know, gets the development that he gets. And I think there's a good reason for that because he's the most compelling character. Like, the Dwight at the beginning of the series is not the Dwight that flags down Angela at the end of the series. You know, like, he never would have done that, but he had a complete change of heart. And a lot of his character evolution has to do with his interactions with the other characters over the years. Yeah, he kind of, you know... And again, this brings up what you like to talk about all the time, nature versus nurture, where he was brought up a specific way, but he sees the way Jim and Pam interact. He sees the way Michael interacts with people, and he learns to care about other people, whereas he was brought up to think that caring about other people is showing weakness, and you can't show weakness. I mean, Dwight comes to the rescue like when Roy charges after... uh, after Jim, and, you know, he bear maces him and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good 
And then Andy shows up, and he just like bear maces him too. No, that's not bear mace. It's pepper spray. Yeah, and then all he gets every all of his weapons confiscated. He has all the yeah all these weapons hidden no around chance. the office. Yep. Throwing stars, knives. Um, I still think one of the best examples of who Dwight is is it's uh, in the last season, I think, and Andy is in charge of the office, and he tells Dwight and Jim to behave because if they don't, whoever doesn't behave, the other one, you know, will have to forfeit their uh, commission to the other. And so they're trying to, like, frame each other for things. And <laughs> Dwight goes to the point of hiding a porcupine in his desk and getting <laughs> stabbed, getting quilled. So Jim's like, oh, well, it's not a porcupine you own, is it? He's like, no, of course not. That'd be ridiculous. He's like, oh, all right, well, let me just call animal control. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we have a rabid porcupine, and, you know, this is the address. And it's like, were you quilled? Yep, I was quilled. And what's her name? Henrietta. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we see a little more of how Dwight, um, how he operates in his own head, where, like, Jim does a lot of, like, harmless pranks to him, you know, putting his stapler in jello, moving his desk to the bathroom, sending him on a quest to find the Holy Grail, you know, shit like that. Uh, (laughs) But the snowball fight between... Jim and Dwight shows that Dwight doesn't know Nicole's like got her eyes shut and her fingers in her ears if you listen if you don't want to hear me take your glasses off (laughs) it shows just how like vicious and brutal he could be like Jim is genuinely frightened at the end which makes sense because of all the snowmen everywhere (laughs) But Nick, what do you think when you when you look at Dwight and you see how he, you know, kind of navigates through his life from season to season? What do you see and what do you think? So going back to uh, what Ash was saying about him having like you know you see that his heart is in the right place and one of my uh, and not, maybe not carrying it out the best way. And my favorite example of that is when he sets the office on fire. Oh my to god, that's my favorite <laughs> episode. <laughs> It's my favorite episode, too. It's Where so are the emergency exits? Does anyone know? <laughs> Everyone is just freaking out like crazy. <laughs> Oscar's, like, trying to climb through the ceiling. Angela throws up the cat. <laughs> Michael throws the uh, the projector through the window and starts screaming. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Everyone fucking calm down. <laughs> well, it's, and, you know, he's sitting there, and he's trying to uh, get people, like, like, I don't think they paid attention during the safety lecture. It's like... If the knob is hot, don't, you know, there's probably fire on the other one. This one's warm. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He, he goes to, like, great lengths to uh, prepare everybody for that, but just doesn't take into consideration that everyone's going to freak out about it. So, like, when he, he hammers in all the door stops into it so they can't open it and he starts throwing the firecrackers around him and miss the smoke and then <laughs> Stanley has his heart attack. <laughs> Fire shooting at us. Yeah, and that leads into, you know, obviously a a disciplinary hearing. Oh, my God. And then everyone is required to take a first aid class. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're trying to work on a CPR dummy. 
Oh. And they're like, oh, looks like he died. And, then- and Dwight takes out this giant hunting knife and is like, oh, quick, harvest his organs. And it's like, what are you doing? And he has to peel in the face off the goddamn thing. And doing like a Silence of the Lamb, like... And I, I watched that at the hospital. My dad and he saw it and he was dying laughing too. He's just like, what the fuck is this idiot doing? And I'm like, he's just Dwight. Yeah, and like that that shows... He, and they asked him, like, why would you cut the face off the dummy? And he's like, well, I'd seen that in a lot of movies and I didn't think it was realistic, but it was very realistic. Because <laughs> you look down and it's like the dummy doesn't have a face and you, then they pan up. And they show Dwight just turning around with his eyes wide and, like, the dummy's face, you know, stuck to his face. Like, it was insanity. Agent Nicole. Yes. You had mentioned that that was one of your favorite uh, Dwight moments so far. Because you're about five, six seasons into it. I just finished the fifth season. uh, Almost the fifth season right now. So what is so far? Because we've talked about, like, uh, evidence of Dwight being, like, over the top. Uh, not really knowing how to, you know, express his emotions uh, as maybe as well as other people who are more uh, well-adjusted. What has been your favorite uh, display so far of Dwight showing uh, compassion or or mercy or, you know, some sort of uh, empathy towards other people? Well, okay, so before we before I answer that, I just want to say like with Dwight, he whenever role he gets taken, like when Mike gives him a task or a position like, you know, when I'm gone you are the, you know, acting manager. He goes beyond and way way past the rights to do a lot of things like trying to fire Jim or when he's like the drug police and he's trying to conduct <laughs> interviews with everybody and he's like you know you know trying to get people to admit who was the one who brought the drugs in or who was the one who smoked the joint out in the parking lot and like him and Jim are like going at it and Jim is reversing the confrontation on Dwight and like Dwight calls for a freaking drug test um, you know any position that Dwight is given he goes beyond expectations which is hilarious and it's just sometimes a little bit cringeworthy because it's like you know there are some people out there who actually go beyond their you know they take that power and it brings it to their head and he, you know and you see a lot of that but I think probably one of the well there's two moments that really um, that comes to mind so far for as I'm currently watching the series number one is when you see Dwight so I think it's in season two, the injury where Michael hurts his foot because he decides to cook breakfast in bed and he has the George Foreman on his foot. And so um, Dwight, you know, he's he would go beyond for any of his friends. He would, goes out and he drives to go get Michael and he gets hurt. And, you know, you see a different side of um, of Dwight. You know, he's. You know, he flirts openly with Angela. He's nicer to Pam, which I think kind of foreshadows a really uh, friendship between the two of them. You know, he acts completely different. And the other one is where I feel like you see Dwight at his lowest moment is when him and Angela broke up. And this is a good this one is a good moment with him and Jim. And, you know, 
Angela is wanting her new relationship with Andy and it just starts to break and wear down Dwight. Like you don't see him as having feelings because, you know, he doesn't consider feelings as, you know, he considers them as weakness, but his relationship with Angela was something that kind of, I feel like made him a little bit of a human and, you know, it brings, you see him in the stairwell and he's hurting and he's dealing with the loss of his love and him and Jim comes down there and, you know, he tells him, like, I understand where you've been. Like, I had to move to, away from Scranton because of Pam and I understand it. And you see, like, the lowest of lows with Dwight at that complete scene. And I actually cried at that scene because it was just so emotional. And then Jim walks away and Dwight was going to turn around and hug him. But unfortunately, you know, Jim walks away. And I think that's probably one of the greatest moments of Dwight because you see him you know break down and show that he's not just you know a dedicated worker someone who's a rule follower who takes things to extreme but he does have a heart and that he does have feelings and like his relationship with Angela you know it does play a lot throughout the series and I'm obviously you know what happens in the finale but you know it's a crucial part of who Dwight is because he also he gives up um, instead of telling people about his relationship with Angela, he, you know, he quits his job for her because he doesn't want to give that secret out. So, you know, he does, you know, go to the extreme to protect that relationship as well in season, I think, three it happens. So. Yeah, it goes to show, like, how much he, you know, Angela means to him that he will keep their secret. Like, he's not going to go announce, like, you know, instead of, like, being a... a you know, a normal scorned lover and being like, you know what? You know, she was cheating on you the entire time. Ha ha ha. And she was cheating on you with me and like ruining both of their lives. He kind of just let it go. Nick, what about you? What were, what are some of your favorite moments that really showcase Dwight's humanity? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to give, uh, you know, too many spoilers, but towards the end of the series, uh, after Michael has left, when he gets the opportunity to uh, pick out his team to go down to Florida to open up the, uh, the retail store for them, uh, you really see his, his dedication to, you know, the company as well as the, uh, you know, the relationships with the people that he brings with him that he ends up picking. As you get to see, you know, the type of leader he could be for for the branch and the regional um, as the regional manager position, as well as, um, you know, some of the bonding experiences that he has with, with Jim, with helping him, uh, you know, get rid of uh, what's her face out of his, uh, <laughs> his, his, uh, his hotel room. And he comes in and he's like beating down the bed and Jim's like, Oh, there's a, there's a bed bug in there. And he's like, uh, what did he look like? Was he all, was he happy? Or was he, was he smug? And Jim was like, Oh, he was super smug. He was walking like this with a smirk on his face. <laughs> one of my that's definitely one of my favorite parts and um you know you know a lot a lot of like what nicole was saying how he just goes above and beyond in his loyalty to you know the people he cares about as far as being the only one in the office who wants to go and help michael when he burns his foot and you know quitting the place that he loves in order to protect the relationship between uh, himself and angela he cried i just remember you know when you mentioning like going to help michael 
Uh, that's when he had the concussion. Yeah, that's because right, yeah. his personality changes. <laughs> and he crashed into the pole. Yeah, with his Trans Am. Oh my Fell God. out of the car, threw up all over the car, and then got back in and drove away. <laughs> and like, you know, but what you were saying when like they're down in Florida, like there's that big confrontation with Jim uh, because Pam becomes really close with Dwight and convinces Jim to try and help Dwight out of the situation he's in. And we see that, you know, Dwight doesn't want to hear it, doesn't want to believe, you know, that the loyalty he is shown to Dunder Mifflin isn't being returned to him. And, you know, they have this big confrontation. And afterwards, like Dwight, without a word, just walks over to Jim, reaches his hand out, helps Jim up. And kind of pats him on the back, and like they, they leave, like, like they leave Florida because of you know, you know I'm not going to get into exactly what happens, but it's uh, it's pretty intense, like that whole episode. Yeah, going going back to that episode too, where on just to show like his loyalty to the company when he has that opportunity presented to himself and he's actually fighting with uh todd packer todd f packer if you know what the f stands for yep. um yeah <laughs> yeah he actually ends up getting appendicitis in the middle of the uh, orientation as he's vying for that position and he ends up getting carried out of the um you know the conference and then right after his surgery he comes right back the same day to keep fighting for it and just another example there that shows, you know, how crazy he will go to. Are you, you know, bleeding? Do what he wants. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because again, Jim can't help but fucking with Dwight, and he told Dwight that he was poisoned, and then Dwight starts feeling appendicitis, and he's like, "What type of poison did you use?" <laughs> and Jim, like, he's like, "I didn't poison you. You need to go to a hospital." He's like, "Give me the antidote." <laughs> And it's just like they go back and forth for like five minutes, and Jim's like, "I didn't poison you. I'm just fucking with you. Like, it's a prank. Like, I didn't actually poison you. Like, why would I do that?" He's like, "Dwight, you actually think that I would really poison you?" And Dwight's like, kind of considering it because the Jim Dwight, uh, you know, dynamic is probably the greatest thing that happens. Like when Jim shows up dressed as Dwight. It's probably the greatest moment in the entire show. He's like, you know, he sits down. He's like, ooh, screen's a little blurry. He takes out glasses out of a briefcase. He's wearing the exact same shirt and tie. And even his hair is kind of done the way Dwight's is. (laughs) And he's like, what type of bear is best? And Dwight's like kind of caught off guard and starts answering. He's like, false. A black bear. Fact. Bears eat beets. And Dwight's like, what? what is going on here? I don't think that is not a joke, Jim. He's like, you know what? Imitation this is a serious form of flattery. And then, like, Jim takes a takes a uh, bobblehead out and puts it down, and that's where he draws a line and freaks out and says what Nicole said. <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. And then uh, Jim just gets up and goes, Michael! And walks off. And then uh, Dwight's like, oh, very funny. He gets up, Chase. I'm Michael! <laughs> well, and you know what? It brings up a point of like how gullible Dwight can be as well. 
like all the things like I I was looking through the internet where um, I, I'm sure it happens in later seasons where an Asian person comes in as <laughs> Jim and Dwight is like, you're not Jim. He's like, yes, I am. And like, you know, we see this whole scene where, you know, this Asian man who's a friend of Pam and Jim's pretends to be Jim and throws off Dwight or like um, when Dwight gets facts faxes from the future quote unquote which is from Jim where you know this is what's happening like don't the coffee's poison do not if anybody's drinking it you know make sure you know you save them or he believes that he's in the CIA and he gets these missions to you know fulfill and there's another one that I can't think of at the moment but that it like shows like the complete gullibility of like of all these pranks that are happening but like you know Dwight is so focused on the task or like what is happening like you he he's not thinking right like you, you would think like this isn't right like this isn't true but like he's so focused on the task and he's so gullible and it's it it makes it really funny and kind of heartwarming because sometimes you know people, it's easy to you know trick people like that but, I'm trying to think of like the perfect example I can't think of it it's, give me a second I'll think of it or how about uh, like some of the the list of complaints he brings to Michael about uh, he made me hit myself in the head with my phone because like he kept putting <laughs> nickels into his handset until one day he just took them out. So when Dwight was expecting like this, you know, this specific weight and he just bashes himself in the face. Or how about when Jim and Pam learn Morse code? <laughs> <laughs> they start like blinking at him <laughs> and he like puts in the the uh, the earplug so he doesn't hear them tapping and they just start blinking <laughs> and like he knows what they're saying it's like yes yes uh we we uh what the hell is he we hired a nanny and then we spent time that we don't have learning to do morse code and then he's like yep that's exactly what we did <laughs> Ashley, what about you? We haven't we haven't heard from you in a while. I want to know what you uh, think about Dwight, like your favorite Dwight moments or favorite things that he's done or said or, you know, maybe a, a tender moment shared with a coworker. Uh, so one of my favorite Dwight moments is kind of later on in the series. It's after Michael Scott has left. Uh, Dwight owns the building that the office is located in and they get the building shut down because it's not up to code thinking that they're going to have a day off not realizing that Dwight is like eight steps ahead of everyone and brings in a bus that is supposed to be a remote office for everyone to work with. Now, the reason why Jim tried to get this whole day off was because he wanted to take Pam. You know, at this point, they're having some marital issues and he wanted to take her to this pie stand that she likes to go to and buy her some pie. And so he was really pissed when Dwight's like, oh, hey, you think you're going to get out of work? Think again. Here's this bus with desks and you're going to work. And ultimately, he convinces Dwight via an uprising through everyone else um, that they should drive the bus and go get pies. And they realize as they are 
several minutes away from their destination, uh, several miles, excuse me, away from their destination, that uh, the pie stand would be closing soon. So Dwight floors it. Dwight takes control of the bus and floors it so that Pam can get her pie. And a valiant effort to help Jim save his relationship with Pam. And I think Dwight is not as stupid as some people. I mean, granted, yes, he lacks common sense and and social skills and he's gullible and naive. But he's also not as stupid as people think he is. And I think he picks up on certain things. And this was at a time when he was actually becoming friendlier with Pam. Um, ultimately, in one of the final episodes, he refers to Pam as his best friend. And I think that character arc is, yeah, it's, it's that whole thing is adorable. Like that whole, you know, he goes from being this person who kind of not so much talks down on women, but, you know, women are, are, are here for reproductive purposes, um, you know, to having Pam as, as his best friend. So, um, yeah, that, that's a really cool story arc. So I'm excited for you to see that. But, yeah, that, that just that one episode. And, of course, like, Dwight's driving the bus like Sandra Bullock from Speed. <laughs> no, no, yeah. seriously. Yeah, oh it's, it's hilarious. Um, but he gets everyone to the pie stand before it closed. And Pam got her slice of rhubarb pie and it was just a you know and and provided a nice moment between jim and pam and you know all thanks to thanks to dwight so i i really enjoyed that it was one of the moments where you actually see how selfless dwight is um because a lot of times you know you think that he's acting selfishly but he actually has selfless intentions yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, you know, a lot of times, that's why I was saying his his character oh, 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 evolves. Oh, oh. And another one is when he's trying to um, turn Shroot Farms into a bed and breakfast, and he's Aww. trying to do, um, like, an event, and he has an event uh, that Robert California comes to, and uh, he's hosting, like, that tea or whatever, and Andy's trying to schmooze his parents, and there's a bunch of, like crazy bullshit and going his brother, on Josh Groban and um, Dwight is dressed up like this old timey like like a footman th- because Jim gave him the book that Jim wrote under a pseudonym about how to properly entertain your guests yes and so it w- uh, and whatever Jim of the Halpert things- and their daughter Pee Pee <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was one of those you had to announce your guests every time the guest passed you. So Jim, knowing that this is what he was doing, kept intentionally walking past Dwight. He's like, oh, I think I got to go check something in the car. And so Dwight's like, Jim Halpert is leaving. And then Jim comes back. He's like, Jim Halpert and Jim, Jim Halpert, Jim. And it was just, it's so funny. Because he kept walking back and forth. Jim kept walking back and forth. Next to Dwight, and Dwight's trying to, you know, really just—he's trying to be a good host because he wants to turn Shroot Farms into something, and yeah, yeah, it, it was really funny. Like, well, oh, and is- fun fact: uh, there is um, a Shroot Farms on Yelp. 
Excellent. These Shroot Farms, if you if you look it up, um, and there are reviews. Are there beets? There are beets. Uh, let's see. Shroot Farms is the number one beet regulated agrotourism destination <laughs> in northeastern Pennsylvania. We offer the finest accommodations for the casual traveler and or beet enthusiast. Come join us and experience majestic Shroot Farms. Fantastic beats and where to find them. Yes. Um, an angry Angela put out, a, a woman uh, claiming her name is Angela put up a review and mentioned the death of her cat as the main cause of the review. She says, I have to warn people about the proprietor of Shroot Farms. He may portray himself as a gentleman farmer, but he is not what he seems. He killed my cat Sprinkles. <laughs> Who knows what he might not do to your loved ones? <laughs> yeah, see that that was that was after he had already he had done the bed and breakfast thing because Jim and Pam stayed there one night. Yeah, but he was but he, yeah, so he did the bed and breakfast thing. Yeah, Jim and Pam stayed, um, and he's been trying to since then kind of turn Shroot Farms into something because he knows well he's. He knows exactly like he's just trying to be prepared in case uh, beet farming does not propel shroot farms into the future. Yeah. And what I was looking online and what's kind of weird is Rain Wilson almost didn't get the role like Seth Rogen was one of the choices for Dwight and um, Patton Oswalt was also a, a choice for Dwight. And I'm like. I can't unsee. I can't see any of the. I, granted, I don't really like Seth Rogen, but I Rain Wilson just nails Dwight. Like I, well, I can't see. I can't see anybody. It, well, he actually auditioned originally auditioned for Michael. Yeah, that as well. And also Jim. They were uh, John Krasinski was told like he should apply to be or audition for Dwight, and Jim was. Uh, John was like, no, 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 I am totally Jim, not Dwight. And so that's also... Well, it's funny because there's um, there's uh, one of the like audition tapes yeah. of people who didn't make it. And one of them is uh, Bob Odenkirk going for Michael Scott. And then later on, you see him as a very Michael Scott-esque character. Yeah. In the last, uh, the last season when Pam's looking for a job. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, see, one of the things that I, I, uh, I think really exemplifies how Dwight was raised is when he's going out on a sales call with Ryan Howard and he's just like making him do all these weird farm chores or when they, uh, they, uh, everybody upsets Dwight and he, I forget what happened, but they find him at his house and he's digging a horse grave. And they're like, oh, do you want help? He's like, no, you'll screw it up. If you dig too deep, you'll hit another horse. <laughs> and they gave him like a, a, a hat or something and he just took it and threw it in the dirt. And then later on you see him like washing it off and cleaning it because he realizes that, you know, these people do respect him and they do like him and they do care about him. Um, I don't know. I think uh, he's... He's up there in the uh, in in the ranking of like all time greatest uh, TV characters for me. You know, he's Rain Wilson has this very uh, 
easy like he's a very good straight man to John I mean to John Krasinski being you know the the comedic aspect or to Michael Scott being the comedic aspect like he's a very good he's very good at just playing the straight man and just you know like he's a, he's a uh, he's the the Bud Abbott to everybody else's Lou Costello in in that show I feel um, I don't know what you guys think but um. And I don't know if you guys. I don't know. See, I think I think Dwight's funny, but he's not trying but, to. Well, be. exactly. But That's why I'm calling him the the straight man. Like Lou Costello is. I mean, Buddy Abbott is freaking hilarious, but it's playing off of the overly comedic sidekick. He's, he's Butch Cassidy or Mozart's friend. Come on, let's get it real. That's true. But I mean, but if we're talking like in all, I think Dwight is the funniest character on the show. Yeah, I I'm really seeing it now. Him and and Michael Scott are really kind of tie to tie for me. But like Michael Scott, it's just over the top. (laughs) Like it's just blatant over the top and just complete uh, lack of common sense disregard. (laughs) Um, Parkour. (laughs) <laughs> almost just complete stupidity like michael scott is stupid yeah like no. not saying that he's not a good character no but he, he's, he's just, just he's stupid like he, how are you still alive <laughs> dwight dwight is why michael scott is still, still alive. alive i was gonna say um i had i kind of lost my my train of thought so now i don't remember what i was gonna you say you had one of those but it was something about dwight and like stuff that he does <laughs> Um, yeah, I totally, I, I think it was going to be more about like Rain Wilson, um, because he was in that movie Super where he played like, imagine if Dwight became a superhero, like a vigilante, like there's a scene where somebody, they're at the movies and somebody cuts in line and so he bludgeons him with a wrench it's like, you're a line cutter, and he just bashes him. And people are like, oh, my God, you killed that guy. He's like, buddy, cut in line. Like, that's, be, that's a very Dwight thing to do. He'd be giving people citations if he was a superhero. He'd be like, you can't do that. Here's a citation. No, he beat them with a wrench. Like, just- <laughs> there's, like you know what his catchphrase was? Shut up, crime. <laughs> it gets ridiculous. Uh, if you get a chance to see it, definitely see it. Uh on, on Netflix so if you if you watch through The Office and you kind of want a little bit more of Dwight uh, this is a very Dwight esque character um, much different from his character of Fishboy uh, that was way different um, I don't know Nicole are you familiar with his character of Fishboy? No I'm not Oh, it's from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses Oh yeah, he wasn't with the uh, Chris Hardwick, right? Oh yes. yes, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. <clears throat> so Nick, why don't you uh, give us a couple more of your uh, favorite Dwight moments? Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. When Dwight has a disguise <laughs> for everyone in the office. <laughs> have you gotten oh, to yeah. that, well, Nicole? Have you gotten to that? I don't think so. Or he's got like a bald wig and he's Kevin and he's got like... I don't think I got to that oh one. Oh my God, it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Nick. Sorry, I jumped No, <laughs> That's all right. 
Uh, I mean, we've pretty much like all the ones that I had in my head that I was going to talk about, we pretty much already nailed. So I'd have to like sit here and think about that for a minute. I also just thought of one that's a great Dwight Jim moment where Jim or Dwight noticed a wire coming out of his computer and Jim's like, I don't have time for this. And so Jim, uh, Dwight is, you know, following where the wire is leading him and then takes him out to the, outside like the telephone pole like the electricity oh my died i was like 500 feet of red wire for 20 dollars at a flea market yep and you look outside oh be fine i got up there yeah that was a good one <laughs> all right yeah so one, one of the episodes is he uh it's kind of kind of later on um andy uh comes back and he's like making them walk across um i forget what it's called it's like a like a tightrope type Slack thing line yeah, flat line. That's what he's doing, and uh, Dwight's trying to act like he uh, is not impressed with um, the new kid who, who does it. So then he ends up towards later on in the episode, he ends up doing this whole big wire from like the roof to the telephone pole, and he tries to ride his unicycle across it and gets about halfway over, and then falls off, <laughs> falls off, and he's like dangling from the uh, from the unicycle, like freaking out, and then the uh, the fire <laughs> the firefighters have to come with the uh, with the ladder to get him down. It's a regular. It's a regular bike. He just counterbalances it with a printer. All right. <laughs> and he swings upside down, <laughs> and he's just dangling from it. I like Creed's uh, explanation of it at the end. It's like the circus was here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dwight is one of those characters that, like, no matter what else is going on in the show, like he kind of. For an unassuming, like, drab, beige, you know, character, like, there's nothing remotely, like, flashy or, like, that draws you to him. You know, it's not like, he's not like Jim, you know, who's always smiling and joking, you know, like Dwight says, like, you know, smiling is a sign of weakness in chimps, you know, so every time I see someone smiling at me, all I think of is, uh... You know, I just see a, a, a chimp begging begging not to be killed or some shit like that. Or when Dwight... So when Dwight and Jim are on a sales call and Jim opens the door for Dwight and Dwight's like, no, like, not seven out of ten times people will stab you in the back. And then Jim's like, well, what about the front? He's like, well, I can block him. And then Jim just slaps him <laughs> right across the face and just walks in. I was like... That's a good one. Yeah, and it's like as much as they're like adversarial in their relationship a lot of times, like when they go out on sales calls, they fucking kill it. Yeah. Like because they have different roles. Like there's the one where like they play like they're they're married in that order in order to get the uh, the sale. They have another one where they're like father and son or something. Oh, no, no. They weren't just married. Like wasn't she pregnant at the time as well? No, no I'm talking about. That was Andy and Pam. Oh, oh, I got them mixed up. Sorry. I'm talking Jim and Dwight because they did whatever it needed to be done. Like, they just went out and they just crushed it. Like, they were so good. They had a uh, one where they went out as um, they were trying to sell the bikers. So they went out with, uh, they were all dressed up in, like, uh, what is it, like leather, um, what are those, the pant things called? Chaps. chaps. There we go. Leather chaps. Yeah, they had like the leather chaps and everything, and they, they ride it together on the one bike to the sales call. <laughs> well, we should all remember Dwight. Determined, worker, intense, good worker, hard worker, terrific. 
Dwight is Dwight. Dwigged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the. I kind of kick myself for not getting into the show like when it first came out. As do I. I feel like I was. I I knew that the office was kind of the one that kind of pinned all like that's what she said kind of stuff, and like I feel like. I wasn't, this is a kind of callback from our other episode, I wasn't trying to be mainstream. I didn't want to be mainstream and be like, not well, mainstream. not mainstream at that time. But, you know, I, I do kick myself from time to time for not getting into it. So I think, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good spot to uh, kind of halt the discussion on Dwight. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll uh, wrap things up with Nick. We will preview next week's battle. And, Nick, I think you'll be very interested in next week's battle. Um, mm. We have, uh, I know we have a science fact, and I'm pretty sure we have some uh, wine to talk about. Mm-hmm. And do we have any Agent Nicole files to Stay file through? Stay tuned. Ooh, that's called a teaser. So she's not saying yes, and she's not saying no. Didn't it get uh, renamed? Yeah, it's my Nick picks. Oh yeah! So way to go, <laughs> asshole! So th- these are Nikki picks, not Nikki dicks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a little bit of a difference. We can't say Nikki. I don't like the name Nikki. Listen, no one was talking about you. Don't and be a dick. Now that I know that, no, please don't. I'm going to tell everyone. I think she just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't ever call me this. See, you got to use like reverse psychology is like you know what i hate when people send me checks for like forty dollars definitely don't send me a check for forty dollars i thought we were going to break why are you not stopping? because talking? of you all right let's uh take a quick break and we'll be right back trick-or-treat radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture navigated by the deadites we are the world's greatest electroshock band we destroy monsters we drink booze and we win championship belts if you're not listening to trick-or-treat radio here's a taste of what you've been missing there's three guarantees in life what are they death taxes and trick-or-treat radio every friday morning this is one of the most convoluted movies i've ever seen in my life i'm fucking trying man hi 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 oh yeah hey 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 oh yeah it's like you took a shit on a pile of shit but you shit on him for liking what he likes yeah well it's my job this podcast is now banned in germany (laughs) it's me giovanni lombardo radici shut up I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TrickOrTreatRadio.com. Hey, this is Miles, a.k.a. Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello. This is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, 
and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. Wow, you guys actually let me uh, listen to that song for once. You get it for one time only. Everybody gets one. Unbelievable. Nick, have you ever heard this song? I have. Oh, yeah, that's right. I played it for you, like, probably 60 times. <laughs> over and over and over and over again. So, Nick, we, we want to say thank you for uh, joining us today. I know yeah, you were, thank uh, you guys so much. I know you were a little little nervous about... Uh, hold on. I know you were a little uh, <laughs> apprehensive of coming on the uh, of coming on the show today, but uh, I think you did a uh, fantastic job. Is this your uh, first podcast? It sure is. Sweet. But it's not going to be your last because I think we're going to do a Deadpool very soon. Ooh. Yeah, we and do need know to do. that that's reserved for you. Yeah, we do need I'm to. Wearing do. my Deadpool pants right now too. <laughs> I'm not wearing any pants right now, so. Ew. Whatever. I thought no pants were Deadpool pants. Yeah. That actually is going to tie into my science fact. So that uh, stay tuned for that. That's called a teaser. So we did not get any feedback for the Dwight episode. That's okay. That's all right. You don't. You know, we got a couple for the last episode. But uh, I do. Uh, do we want to introduce the battle and? Give Nick a little preview so Nick knows what the battle is going to be. I'm ready when you are. Okay, we're going to one, two, three, or three, two, one? Three, two, one. Three, two, one, okay. <gasps> three, three, two, one. one. It's a motherfucking throwdown. So today we have our headless huntsman, Hootenanny. We have Dwight K. Schroot versus Ron Swanson, who... Can bring Ron back the Swanson. head <laughs> of their opponent. So this is going to take place in the... They're in the woods. The, the jungle where Predator was filmed. <laughs> and they have nothing but their huntsman gear. All right. I'll make sure I'll g- do another good graphic for it. Yes. Okay. Yes, do that. I'll do that. So we know both men are men of nature. In the sense that they both like to go out and shoot things. So Give who would win? All the bacon and eggs you have. That is a horrible Nick Offerman. Stop. First Jeff Goldblum and I now feel this like one. Maybe you heard <laughs> Give me a lot of bacon and eggs. Stop it. <laughs> what I said was You're gonna get slapped Give me in two all seconds. The bacon and eggs you have. From, who's going to slap me? You? It, let it go for five more seconds. I swear to God, it's going to turn into John Travolta. Yeah, I know. That's why we <laughs> you have all your bacon and eggs, okay? Like, you know? <laughs> every, every, every. It just goes Travolta. Every time. Give me all goes your Travolta. bacon and eggs. So it's the, what's the, <laughs> it's called the Headless. Headless okay. Huntsman Hoot Hullabaloo. Hoot Nanny. Who's a what's it? It's a manhunt to the death. Oh, you know who's good at manhunting? Nikki Dix. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an expert. All right, how to spell Hootenanny? 
H-O-O-T. Oh, I know. I knew how to spell it. I just remembered. Okay, I'm good. All right. So, so uh, I know, uh, Nick, you are familiar with both of those uh, programs, so I'd be interested to hear your, your thoughts on the subject when uh, we post that poll. So, I definitely will uh, put my input in there. Nice. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we I do have a very special uh, science fact this week. And actually, uh, you ladies have already heard me talk about this science fact last week at the restaurant. But uh, Nick hasn't heard it, and neither has Wolfie. And Nicole's giving me the look. Uh, Wolfie, could you play my music, please? From the blackness of space, timeless from the void, you terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> All right, so this week we have a, uh, a, a very special science fact. And it is in regards of human anatomy records. So, I'm getting looks from both of the ladies in the room because they know where I'm going with this. So, the human body is a wondrous thing. Uh, Sometimes the highest highs and the lowest lows are very different. There's a huge gap between these, these, uh, these records. So the records I'm referring to today is uh, the world record, according to Guinness, for the man with the largest penis is 19.1 inches. Now, that uh, man has chosen to remain anonymous and did not uh, publish his name that I could find. So I don't know if he chose to be named anonymous or I just didn't look really uh, all that much. Uh, no, I chose to be anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, I knew you would say something like that, so my question would be immediately to follow that up. What's it like to be unable to get an erection? Because you'd have to have at least two hearts in order to pump enough blood into a 19-inch member to get an erection. So it's uh, it's pretty terrible, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I I have to be prepared with a follow-up question. Now, the opposite end of this, the man with the smallest penis coming in at one-sixteenth of an inch. Um, I also don't have this guy's name. And... I'm sure there's a reason why this guy wants to remain nom- anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> anonymous. Well, here's here's the thing, and I was thinking about this when we were talking about this at dinner last week. <laughs> now, in order to qualify for the record, you have to present uh, evidence. Number. Yeah. Now, imagine being the guy who used to have the record. So it's like, oh, well, now I have the second smallest dick of all time. Like, that's not good for anything. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, Patrick, how are you doing? I'm married and, uh, you know, things are going pretty well. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it's working out okay. I don't have any of the uh, endorsement deals that I used to have. So... 
But no, like imagine like you know if you're that guy and you know you you're holding this record. I mean, it would be tough to hold the record because you know it's only a sixteenth of an a inch. Pair of tweezers. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I suppose there are people who would be interested just out of curiosity. Like, I come on, little guy. I need to see come what on. this what this looks like. But if you're like, oh, I have the second smallest. People are like, who cares? Like, there's no morbid curiosity. There's no real fascination. Oh, look at the little guy. He's so cute. Oh, God, it's my wedding night all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's my science facts for the day. So the difference is uh, 19.1 inches for the largest and 1 16th of an inch for the smallest. I don't have uh, girth measurements. These are just length. And I don't know if these are erect or not, uh, but the second guy, you better hope you're a grower, not a shower, because <laughs> that's uh, that's unfortunate. You know, I mean, it hasn't hampered my life. I mean, uh, his life at all. You know, everything still <laughs> works, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's this week's science fact. It's a fun anatomy fact. We haven't done an anatomy fact yet, so. Um, that's fun. So, what do we have for uh, uh, the next segment there, Wolfie? Welcome to the Vineyard of Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yes, I want to talk about Olive Garden. I love Olive Garden so much. Like I love Olive Garden. I, if it was a boy, we'd be in love. Um, if it was a girl, I'd be questioning myself. Um, I love. Olive Garden. I, I I don't really participate in chain restaurants anymore. Um, but I still do Olive Garden. What? Margaritas. It's not like a heavy chain, though. It's so it's like a diamond chain. <laughs> I was just gonna make that <laughs> reference. I give it a gold. <laughs> not a shit chain. Nah. Um. But anyways, Olive Garden. I love this place. I've never had a bad meal there. I love the salad. I love the breadsticks. And by the way, Agent Nicole, thank you again. You're welcome. You and the girls for bringing me back some breadsticks the last time you guys went. I might go back and get more. I might do that for lunch at some point this week. And the pasta and the meals are so good. And the desserts. Oh, my God. The desserts. Tiramisu, yes, please. Um, but anyways, they have a very, very, very nice wine list there. And one of the things that kind of sets Olive Garden apart from other places is that they actually have their own wine that you can only find at Olive Garden. It is called the Porta Vita Collection. Now, Olive Garden teamed up 
with Cavett uh, Wineries, Cavett Vineyards, and uh, they're based out of northern Italy to create three wines specifically for the restaurant. Um, they have a red, which is a rosso, a blush, which is a rosato, and a white, which is a bianco. So the red wine is a medium-bodied uh, ruby red and has flavors of red cherries and spice. The risotto is a fresh berry and melon flavors, very light, kind of sweet. And the white is a refreshing and aromatic white that pairs well with a lot of the lighter dishes that they serve. So one of the things that they actually do is if you go through their menu, they will also give you pairings. So if you're looking for a wine that will pair well with what you're eating, it'll, uh, they'll actually recommend one of the three to go with your meal. And I've had all three. And they are delicious, obviously. Being the mistress of Merlot, I prefer the red. Um, but they're all quite delightful in their own way. And like I said, you could only get it at Olive Garden. And their price for their wine is actually relatively cheaper than some of the other wines that they serve there. So you can get a wine that is specific to the place. And you can save a couple of bucks a glass. I believe you can buy by the bottle as well. I was going to say, can you buy a I bottle usually, and like, take it I home? Usually, or do you have to drink it all at Olive Garden? No, if you buy a bottle at the restaurant and you don't finish it, they will package it up for you. Oh, nice. So, but yeah, so Porta Vida Wines at Olive Garden. Yay! And breadsticks. Mmm, breadsticks. If you don't want your breadsticks, you can send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can email them as well at throwdownthursdaypodcast sure cla- <laughs> at gmail.com. Make sure you clarify who's the breadsticks for, too. Oh, we'll know who the breadsticks are for. <laughs> because I heard that there was some discrepancy about the breadsticks one day. There well, when Homeboy take- walks through All right. Let door. me explain something. No, you, you, I you brought, hey, let the- I brought breadsticks home. And I didn't get any of them. I turned my back for five seconds, and they were all gone. And I was like, did you eat all the breadsticks? Whoa. <laughs> did you save me one? Whoa. Why not? There was like six of them. Okay, first of all, there was not six. There was three. There were only three. There were only three. I figured I would have one, and she would have two, because you know that's what sharing is like. And I didn't eat any of them on the way home, which I totally could have. And I didn't get any of them. Are you done? No. Are you done? I want my damn bread. I'm going to take my breadsticks back. Yeah, good luck, buddy. (laughs) Stop poking me. No, so homeboy comes home. He throws the bag of breadsticks at me and says, these are for you. To you. Well, to me, because I caught them, but he throws them at me and says, these are for you. Did you, you say You didn't that say these you? are for us. And to my knowledge, my girls went out to the Olive Garden and they told me specifically, 
that they were going to bring me back some goddamn breadsticks. And then so the- as far as I am concerned, sir, those breadsticks were mine. Well, you can't complain anymore because the next week you, we did go to Olive Garden and you did get a breadstick. You got two breadsticks, didn't you? Or was it one? We got one each. Okay. So you you know, because that was sharing. And had there been three, I would have gotten one, <laughs> which is what I thought the deal was going to be, because some people apparently are greedy breadstick hogs. So, But you got one eventually. Yeah. She had four to my one. Okay. Oh, take your 16th of an inch and shut up. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, breadsticks are really the only thing I can eat that doesn't make me uncomfortable. <laughs> Really? I'm like, huh, you might be longer, but you're softer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh boy. You are weird. (laughs) Oh, now there's there's a fight. Fight, fight. Well, it's not really a fight. Well, anyways. Ow, my 16th. (laughs) So, um, since... I don't know. Probably I'll have to get new music for my new intro for my new segment because I can't be consistent. I have to change things up because that's what I do. So for this week's Nick Picks, um, (laughs) stop. You're so fucking weird. Um, Whom I? How are you still married? (laughs) Damn if I know. Anyways, divorce is too expensive. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, anyways, are you missing Stranger Things? Are you missing Twin Peaks? Are you missing it? Well, I've got a series for you. There's a new German series on Netflix called Dark, and it takes it takes the premise of Stranger Things and it, and has a little darker, darker tone with some um, Twin Peaks in it. Wait, darker than it? It's darker than it. He eats a baby. This gets a little fucked up. <laughs> so it's Dark is a German sci-fi thriller web series create, co-created by Baron Bo Odor and Jen... Odor. <laughs> <laughs> and Jan T. Fries. It is the first German language Netflix original series and it debuted on December 1st, 2017. I actually was not interested. I I started watching probably the first two episodes, but my best friend who KK, I'm sure she, KK. Hey KK, um, she is actually learning German right now. So she works for a, a private college out in Worcester, and she, um, one of the free perks that she gets is she can take any class re- relative to what she does. So she. Last last year she did Spanish. She did like poetry Spanish. Now she's learning German, and she was telling me like the series would be kind of interested. Which you know, she wouldn't watch Stranger Things, but she watches Dark, and it's completely darker than Stranger Things. So I'm a little questioning her on that. But Dark is also how Daredevil describes every TV show. Okay. Anyways, I'm not listening to you anymore. Um, it's ten episodes. Uh, I'm still going through it. I'm sure I'll give you a better uh, commentary about it. But if you're just missing, an, if you're just missing that kind of like stranger, uh, stranger things feel, it has a premise of it where there is some flashbacks, 
between different families. So there's like, I think, a, a 1957 to 1980s and to right now. So is there a murder clown? Um, there is something that's happening in, in the in the German hometown. I can't tell you because I haven't gone through it all yet. So it is 10 episodes. It's on Netflix. I know there's a lot of people who binge watch. And if you're just looking for something to binge watch and you just have like a free day or two, try out Dark. And before we wrap things up, I just want to tell everybody, if you are on Twitter, we do have the Twitter Twitter page going now because I finally got my shit together. But it's at TD Thursday Pod because you can't write right on Thursday and make it all long. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but um, if you are on Twitter, you can hit us up there and you can hit us up at our various Twitter pages at Patrick Rahal, at Nick Tompkins, at Miss Vaughn Nightmare. So we're very, um, very active on the Twitter, Twitter world. Um, we just, you know, try to keep things fun and light. Um, we tend to retweet some of our own tweets to, you know, generate some pop. And the best part is you don't, you're not going to know who is responding to you on Twitter because we <laughs> all have access to the, to does the Twitter Ashes, account. Does Ashes? She hasn't put it on there yet, but I, I'm going to give her the uh, the password. I've noticed, like, like sometimes I'm, like, at late at night, I'm seeing, I'm like, who the fuck is on Twitter? I'm like, Patrick, really? Are you really on Twitter? Yep. And, so, yeah, because there's some, you know, we... Tweet. I retweet Ray Park a lot. So Ray Park. Ray <laughs> but, Park. Anytime. Oh my God. Anytime. Ray Parks. We don't even have to talk about like Darth Maul. We can talk about any character you want. Toad from X-Men. Toad the wet sprocket. Toad like, from X-Men. You know, we are, you know, we're trying to reach out to our other folks who do not have Facebook, like our friend Riku, who does not have Facebook. Woo, Riku! But like, you know, we are trying to be more active and, you know, if you follow us, we'll follow you and, you know, we will continue to Unless you're like a weird, like, jerk, then we won't follow you. Yeah, we won't do that because, you know, we don't promote stalking and being jerks. And jerkness. And jerkness. But, you know, like I said, we are a part of hashtag pardon family and we are trying to support other um, other podcasts out there because you know this is a growing community and you know everyone has their own opinions and you know we're just trying to spread some joy and spread some fun and we want to promote all artists all pe- good folks who just want to speak their minds and not be judged and just to have fun I, I would just want to shout out a couple of, of shows that have been uh, showing us some love uh, the derailers podcast yep um, best darn diddly yes Thank you for the new promos. Greatly appreciate it, guys. Um, whom else? Uh, panel to Panel. It's a comic book uh, podcast. They talk about all the new stuff. That's part of the uh, Shoot the Breeze comics, for whom I do comic reviews. Nice. Um, I think, well, uh, the Paranormal Punchers. Absolutely. You know, we, we talk to those, those folks all the time, and I'm going to be making an appearance on that show in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about the Voynich Manuscript. Nice. Um, you know, obviously our our staples, you know, Trick or Treat Radio, Talk Without Rhythm, all our all our good buddies there, Cult of Muscle, the Outside Corner. Oh yeah, Outside Corner. I can't forget about that one. Well, I didn't forget about it. It's just you know, it's it's they're just slowly starting back up again, right there, uh, Wolfie. Wolfie's Shaking, nodding, nodding, but because uh, Wolfie's busy doing stuff, because Wolfie doing... is always doing stuff. He is the hardest working man in podcasting. Yes. And like we, you know, we will always continue to support everybody else. And you know, in 
And also to support us, leave a five-star review on um, iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. And if you want to send feedback, if there's characters that you would like us to discuss, you know, at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. Patrick and I will respond back to you. Mostly Patrick will get to it more than I do because sometimes I don't get the dinner. We, uh, I do want to talk a little bit, uh, speaking of uh, how we help promote other folks. I was going to uh, talk about Nick. Maybe. Well, yeah. Is that where we're going? No, that wasn't oh. where I was oh, going. Oh, sorry. We already talked about Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna support him. Remember? Nick is sponsored by Elio's Pizza. Oh, I wish. That'd be awesome. do. But and uh, Nuggets. Um, we have uh, there's there's a lot of groups that we are in contact with and that we are part of that help promote nerd culture and. You know, these are groups that we go to when we have a character that we're not 100% um, familiar with. These are groups that we go to in order to uh, to find folks that can help us out. And we have uh, three guests joining us next week. Holy fuck, three? I wasn't aware of three. Yeah, I told you three. Two in studio, one via Skype. Nicole's giving me a look. Um, remember I told you uh, one of we'll one of our guests is driving up from out of state in order to be on the show. Oh yes, I remember. That. Uh, <laughs> and that is a, a gentleman from the uh, Amalgamania group, from which uh, our recent guest Justin Cooper was a part. So this is another uh, another folk, another folk, another uh, gentleman that's going to be coming on to. Uh, Help us discuss Black Panther uh, just in time for the film to be coming out. So uh, T'Challa, Black Panther, is not a character I'm overly familiar with, uh, nor is Ashes or uh, you there, Agent Nicole. I know a little bit, but not a lot. Um, But we have uh, a couple of experts that are going to be coming on to uh, teach us about this character. So that's going to be a really fun episode. And then, uh, you know, we usually don't plan episodes too far out in advance. But, you know, if you have an idea, let us know. Uh, we're always taking listener. We've done, what, three three or four listener appreciation shows? Yeah. And if you're, uh, you know, you're passionate about a specific character that we haven't covered, or maybe it's a character we covered a while ago that you don't think we did uh, a good enough job on and you want to kind of revisit it, like I think at some point I'd like to redo that Godzilla episode. Um, you know, let us know. We we're always interested to hear uh, about people's passion uh, and the characters that they like. Like Nick, I know you're gonna you're gonna want to come on again when we uh, when we discuss some more people from, you know, the office. And obviously, we talked about Deadpool. You're very passionate about Deadpool. Would love to uh, come and talk about how much I hate Frodo Baggins. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, we need to do a Lord of the Rings episode because we are trying so hard to get Ashes she to, to watch uh, the Lord of the Rings series. She's never seen any of them, but we're trying really hard. Oh so God. you guys might have something to talk about in your shared hatred of uh, Frodo Baggins. Over my dead body. Oh, He's probably, I, I think I hate him the most out of any character of anything he's terrible that's fair enough <laughs> um but yeah so 
I keep tell I, I keep singing that meatloaf song to him. You know the I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. See, here's the thing, though. Every time we've watched, you take something, that one ring and shove it up your ass. She hasn't. She, that's what you said when I proposed. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, you know, I tried. How long did I try to get you to watch uh, Pacific Rim? Jesus. A long time. Yeah, and you fucking loved it. So... You didn't tell me that Idris Elba was in it. Yes, I did. Like a half dozen times. But you didn't really tell me that I showed you the speech that he made. I said, this is the greatest speech since the Independence Day speech. And you're like, whatever. Wine. Breadsticks. Cats. (laughs) Maybe we should start wrapping it up. That's what she said. Giggity. I don't know. Well, Nick, thank you for uh, being on the show and joining us today. We will definitely uh, have you back, and it's good to chat with you. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I think with that being said, we will see see you you next next Thursday. Thursday.